0: Hello, and welcome to this podcast presented by the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. I
1: want to say that there will be a recess of South Park, and the meetings will
2: resume on Thursday, January the 9th. At which time the subject will be, should Christian prayers be recited in Alberta public schools? So that's um, the second Thursday of the new year. And I'd like to mention at this time that um, Lisa, our administrator, is going to take a leave of absence. And um, she's going to try and finish her studies. So if we see you wandering around, you'll assume that you've forgotten what you took a leave of absence for. (coughs) We hope it goes well for you and thank you very much for the time you Her place is being taken and I'm having a terrible time with her name. I think it's Annalisa, Lisa. But I've been calling her Mona Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> so try and get it right. Get it right um We want to thank our uh, presenters for coming. I think they came on really quite short notice. Um, In fact, I on if you would get them over here at the time in which uh, there's such uh, energy and time required of them during this year. However, I want to invite back um, um, uh, Kelsey Jansen and John Usher. Uh, from the uh, Interfaith Food Bank and the Lethbridge Food Bank. And um, I would like you to know and be reminded that the subject is for food banks and uh, why they are needed in our society. You, if you would like to go over to the microphone here on your left or my right, what's your name, please? You're certainly uh, entitled to have a preamble to your question, but that's what it's supposed to be is a preamble to your question. <clears throat> and so um, now if anybody'd like to get over there, don't be afraid to get up and ask question. So um Kelsey and John thank you for coming back down to the board. Yeah. yeah.
3: Harry Shellington, uh, thank you for coming and uh, and on the short notice, but uh, very thoughtful presentation. I was thoughtful about your three recommendations about uh, how to, uh, at the end, about how to uh, eliminate or uh, reduce the need for food banks. And uh, the reference to part-time jobs strikes very close to home. Uh, but it's not clear to me uh, what the remedy would be for that. It, it's uh, fine to name that as a problem, but I'd be interested in any thoughts you have about how to remedy that since those decisions get made in some corporate boardroom far from here. Uh, I'm interested in your thoughts about that. Okay, I guess um, one way we could approach it would be to say that uh, we are the consumers of these these services, and that if we had a local business that was willing to pay people a fair wage, uh, that we would be willing to go and eat there or use their services and maybe pay a little more. Mm-hmm. and that's how it would have to work. But if we yeah, if we persist in spending as little as possible for the goods and services that we get, that's you know, the damage that we're going to do.
2: Thank you for your presentation. I left Canada in 1968 and came back in 1980. And the transformation of the country was remarkable. I came back to a much wealthier country. New buildings building up. The first thing I encountered in a meeting of the organization I was working for was a possibility of starting a food bank. And I was appalled why such a rapid Expansion of wealth coincided with a need for food time. What happened between those 12 years, 68 to 80? <laughs> <laughs> I guess someone was actually alive then
0: brilliant
3: really have to pick up that question. <laughs> Uh, I think, uh, you know, part of it is um, uh, there is kind of an underlying political ideology that that fits with food banks. Uh, If you look around other places in the world, places that have um, more kind of social democrat uh, organization, uh, uh, politics tend to not have food banks. Part of it is cultural, and Kelsey made a good point of that, but uh, uh, as... Uh, there are social changes that take place within, with, about families, uh, the mobility, and intermobility of people. Uh, the, the social supports are simply eroding for various reasons. And I think uh, food banks kind of originally came to meet those probably at a time when there was a major uh, economic upset, which, I mean, you let all the water out of the river and the, uh, the rocks are, are what you find. Uh, but persisted after that because it simply did meet a a demand uh, with respect to eroding uh, family and and social supports that uh, seemed to be needed.
1: Thanks to both of you for your presentation. My name is Mary Shillington. I have a question for Kelsey. Um, You were telling us an interesting story about uh, some kids from schools that were coming to... uh, uh, to tour the food bank and uh, and wanting to go back again because it's much fun. Um, thinking about education, uh, not only of children, but consequently of their families as well, and what kind of messages you're hoping to give them around the food bank and what the long-term uh, implications can be as we take more responsibility and do what John has talked about, pressure to... Uh, the businesses, and so on. Uh, what What is your message that you hope to give to those children?
4: Um, well, that message would have a few parts to it. One that often teachers are hoping for and which we like to encourage is um, volunteerism. It's a great way for you to try out things, um, especially if you're interested in a particular area, working with a particular people, to start as a volunteer um, is a great way to get your foot in the door. The other thing that we like to talk about is the reality that it can be any family at any point um, who's using the food bank services. At times we've had children who said, that was my family, um, and I was so happy that I got those gifts that year, and now we've been able to move on and we don't need to go there anymore, which is great to hear. Um also for in the meantime, we like to educate them on ways that they can help, that their family can help um, by coming to volunteer, donating um, food, uh, donating funds, all those kinds of things, but mainly to increase their awareness of the society beyond just their own viewpoint.
3: My name is Graham Greenlee why are there two food banks in Lethbridge, um, both doing the same thing, uh, working
2: cooperatively, I think? So Why don't they combine into one? <laughs> All right.
5: uh,
3: well, there's, part of it is uh, is historical. So they started out with, uh, with two food banks. Um, they uh, I've made attempts at amalgamation in the past that have been unsuccessful. um, Basically, because of some, I hesitate to call them personality conflicts, but it didn't strike me in the the telling of it that there was enough substance that it shouldn't have gone ahead. Uh, We are currently, uh, as we sort of do some navel-gazing at the Lethbridge Food Bank, wondering whether, in fact, there should be two. It's uh, it's it's a, it's a difficult um, consideration, of course, because you have an organization and people that work for the organization, and you have to focus on on that issue. You wonder about the, the clientele and whether, in fact, uh, if there were only one food bank, whether they would have the capacity to, to deal with that. Uh, I think we're, we're less concerned about that with the expansion, and the the additional potential for expansion that there is at the Interfaith Food Bank. Uh, It's often asked whether uh, having two food banks means that we have access to two grants if the government is giving out grants to do things, and that if we are only one food bank, then we only get one grant. Uh, I haven't seen the, the government really throwing a lot of money in our direction Anyway, so I'm not sure about that one. The the donation side is another one. Uh, if uh, if someone is going to cut a check uh, from their organization to the food banks, do they end up giving us two checks that add up to more than that one check would be? Uh, again, that's it's an empirical question. You don't really know until there's only one food bank left, and then you find out. Uh, I. I would think on that count that probably if people are willing to donate to food banks, they're willing to donate to the food bank. It's uh, you know there's money that's there and, and that's the intention. I think now that when uh, you know we run a lot of stuff together, and um, so we're yeah we're a collaborative as all get out, uh, and so the money all usually ends up being split. Um, no, no, it's it's a good question. It's certainly something that the the government asks us every now and then at various levels. Um, is there some enormous efficiency that would be gained by having only one food bank? Uh, I don't know. It's not like there's this uh, enormous hierarchy that's that of overpaid people. <laughs> Nobody is overpaid. Most people are not paid at all. Uh, it's really the what you would end up eliminating would be probably a set of boards of directors who aren't getting paid anyway and, and are, are having a lot of fun doing what they do. So it's, uh, it's a tough question. Uh, I think there are two because there were two 40 years ago, and there are still two. Well, there are more than two. Uh, and in fact, related to the question that we had earlier, um, we have a, a program at um, an, actually a, a social responsibility minor in the uh, Bachelor of Management degree at the university, which is very well subscribed. And there's a case study on how to run a food bank. And so uh, if you, you know people have an interest in running a, a not-for-profit, we can uh, put you into a minor in the degree, and you can have a whole bunch of courses and how to do it. And one of the interesting enough case studies is how to run a food bank. So that, uh, if that's any evidence that you're here to stay, that's probably a good one. Uh, I'm Trevor
2: Page, and I, too, am appalled that a first world country like Canada has food banks. But I appreciated your approach to eliminate food banks. Uh, <clears throat> I see it more as an abdication of responsibility by the government to provide social services to its citizens. And I wonder whether your associates at the provincial and national levels have established a dialogue with them along those lines towards the need to eliminate food banks, and if so, what is the reaction of the provincial and federal governments? Thank you.
4: I wouldn't have an official response to that, but it is my understanding that the creation of food centers is in response to that, where um, the food bank becomes more just a small part of a center that encourages um, healthy nutrition, so education on that, uh, building cooking skills, things like gardening, all those skill-building activities that will help us use food better, Um, and manage our resources a little bit better to keep us from getting to that place. I believe that's the direction um, that people are looking at. Whether we'll totally get there, I couldn't say. Um, And I don't know what the official government responses are, but those are emerging in Canada. If I could could just add to that,
3: just before we go on, um, those last three... Uh, on, the, on the final slide, that comes from uh, one of those, uh, that's from our federal uh, network. And so that they're very much pushing that particular agenda, trying to get uh, government to, to look at the causes of poverty and really eliminate two things.
2: My name is Van Christew. uh Thank you both for, uh, for an excellent presentation. I'm impressed by the fact that you uh, have both, uh, in your individual associations, uh, chosen to make uh, elimination of your services uh, one of your objectives uh, by, by your educational program. I think that's, that's very impressive. Uh, the question I have is, did it happen individually? Uh, have you seen that developing in other food banks otherwise, uh, elsewhere? Uh, or, or how does how how it compare uh, between your, your two associations in, in uh, both energy and effectiveness? Um,
3: I guess from the standpoint that we, we see these movements developing across the country, um, where we, we both are kind of fed by similar information sources from our provincial and federal associations. So there's some overlap of information. Um, partly too, though, we are finding, uh, I was mentioning at the table, there's a, a movement in Ontario um, called Freedom 90, I think. And it's the, all of the people who essentially started these food banks who are wondering it's, at what point are these no longer going to be emergency situations. Uh, and they're very much interested in what comes next as opposed to let's just continue to do what we do. So there's definitely a pressure uh, from a lot of existing food banks that um, this is this is not a model that, that we want to take into the future, that we want to, to change it in some way, and it's, so it's probably not something that, uh, well, I think we, we all feel it, we all see it, and we all want to, to do more than, than what it is that we now do, and some
4: of those models are out there. I'll just add to that as well. Um, Every March we do a client satisfaction survey. And so we check in with them how they feel we're doing, um, things that they wish that we offered, um, find out some demographic information about them as well. And uh, the two programs that we've developed since, the kitchen and the garden, both kind of came out of that. Uh, with people saying, you know, I really don't know what to do with a lot of food. That's why I always go for the prepackaged stuff, which isn't as healthy. And so we kind of said, okay, we hear you. Let's see
5: where we can go with this. Hi, my name is Knit Peterson. Uh, I used to be involved a little bit at let Food Bank. Uh, back in my farming days, I... Started donating a few potatoes to it, and pretty soon, when I retired, I ended up being on the board of the Electric Food Bank. Back uh, in the days when Jenny Skinner was running the place, and uh, being on the board, I every year I would uh, suggest that we should have a customer appreciation day, uh, just to improve business. No, I was only a kid, of course, but. um, (laughs) um, Anyway, it seems like business is going strong anyway. Uh, One of the positives about food banks is that uh, you do a lot of recycling of food they otherwise would be going away. Uh, Can you elaborate a little bit on the percentage of food that local. Grocery stores donate to the food bank that otherwise would be thrown out and generally speaking uh, wasted?
4: For Interfaith Food Bank, at least, our food donations um, kind of come out like this. We have uh, grocery stores and restaurants supply about 23% of the food that comes in. Uh, We purchase only 10%. Of the food that comes in. Another 10% comes directly from food manufacturers or distributors. The Provincial Association or Food Banks Canada, which John has talked about, provide another 1% of the food. Um, also just donations from individuals, schools, churches, clubs, that kind of thing, that's 25% of the food that comes in. And then 30% is reclamation and what that is is food that big box stores have sent to depots in places like Calgary or Edmonton, and then they offer that food to Alberta food banks in Alberta, and then we can take loads from them. And so we don't always know what we're going to get in those types of loads, but um, we receive a lot of food um, and a variety from there as well. My <clears throat>
2: My name is uh, Ralph Hempsell, and I'm following up on Trevor Page's question and his
3: allusion to the responsibilities of government, which maybe have been neglected here. And my question is if, uh, to ask you
2: to speculate on the possibility of making the announcement that in six
3: months we will close down the Lethbridge Food Bank. That was plural, was it? I heard the (laughs) yes. Okay. All right, well, yeah, that's uh, certainly an intense way of putting the issue out in front of people. Um, uh, Yeah, I don't know. That's why you'd have to have a big meeting over that, I'm sure. The six months would give and sometimes prepare for the results. That was the point in the leeway. There. Six months just before the election. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Well, I guess the, the question would be, what, what comes after? I mean, we, we do have ways in which we can think about sort of changing uh, the world in, in some ways that might make food banks less needed. But uh, I don't know if there's a, if you give government six months to do something, they'll probably just create a you know, a government version of the food bank and then hire a whole bunch of really expensive people to run them. Um, I'm not sure that's a better solution. So um, I, I guess I'm, I'm more comfortable working at the edges and trying to, to change what the, what the social context is that supports food banks and maybe make it just kind of go out of or
2: at least change into something different. Hi, I'm Mark Sandy thanks you for your presentation today. Um, in, uh, on November twenty-fourth, 1989, the House of Commons passed the unanimous all-party resolution, which says, this House seeks to achieve the goal of eliminating poverty among Canadian children by the year 2000. <laughs> Uh, When you said uh, Freedom 90, uh, I'm wondering if that refers to 2090. uh, I'm I'm not sure what, but (laughs) I'll leave that aside. Um, What do you think governments could do to eliminate poverty and thereby eliminate the need for food banks? (coughs)
4: Um, I guess that would depend on how much we expect the government to do for us. For our 50% who do rely on those supports, um, definitely they're in kind of a place where they can't always get out of that situation. For example, um, people on age are only allowed to make a certain amount of money, therefore. If they make over that, they get penalized and can lose those kinds of benefits, um, which is unfortunate. In that case, we could see um, a bit of change there with how the government organizes that. In terms of lower income people who are working at jobs, I don't know if that's the government's role to fix that or how exactly that would work, but it would probably... Um, take, as uh, was said before, us going to pay a little more for things and go through a stage of transition, I guess, where we change what our expectations of what is a good life and what is an acceptable standard of living, perhaps.
3: I'll speak to that a little bit, too, I guess. Um, have, you, have you seen the um, climbing the waterfall? presentation yet? So I think on January the 16th at the Lodge, uh, there's going to be a presentation. So this this is the results of the focus groups that were done uh, on uh, groups that are experiencing poverty in, in Lethbridge to just sort of find out where where this problem comes from uh, and also to make some recommendations. So there, um, where government is concerned, the their approach has been to kind of divide efforts between um, poverty, uh, ending poverty, and sort of alleviating poverty, uh, the, the, what they call the uh, uh, lifeboats versus um, guardrails approach. So uh, food banks are, are kind of in the, the lifeboats side of things. People that have already fallen in, they're drowning, and we try to drag them into the boat to save them. Government, of course, would like to see far more guardrails put up so that these things were not necessary. Uh, so that's been, I think, the approach that uh, we've been trying to take in some of the work that Byron Lethbridge has been doing with respect to uh, getting at the root causes of, of poverty. And uh, that's, I guess, to the extent that uh, government are working with us, that's where things are at this stage. So the... Uh, uh, obviously, uh, the mandate of uh, conservative governments everywhere is that they would much rather see a handout than a handout, and so we always try to uh, try to put things in that context.
1: What's the name of the film again?
3: Uh, it's um, well, it's actually uh, it's not so much a film; it's a, a presentation of the results of the research.
0: Uh-huh.
3: Uh, it's, I think it's called Climbing the Waterfall because that was a, a quote from one of the people that we interviewed uh, with respect to uh, what's it like out there.
1: Will it be
3: advertised? Or? Um, I'm not sure if it, how general it would be advertised. It, it's it's intended. This particular day uh, is intended to be for um, all of the kind of the agencies, the social service agencies, particularly the ones that are focused on poverty in Lethbridge, so that they can all come and see it and kind of hang out and have the round table and stuff. But um, I'm sure that they are not going to turn away the here. Next
6: question, please. Uh, yes, thank, thank you, uh, Mr. Chair. Uh, my name is Joseph Huttuk, and I have to really feel horrible here because the gentleman before me asked was the question I was going to ask. But having said that... Give the answer. He's going to ask it again. No. Uh, actually, uh, I have a bit of experience in of, um, food banks. My wife is on uh, the board of uh, directors for Regina Food Bank, several years ago, but uh, I, I guess one of the things I've been listening here this, this, this afternoon, and uh, I'm wondering how much, uh, we we're putting blame on all kinds of blame, or saying "Well, what's government going to do, or what's so-and-so going to do. Uh, I think the whole society has a major role, but and particularly industry, I think we have to make sure that someone's along the way, they, they've become part of that. And I haven't seen them mentioned in your, in your dialogue here to any degree and I really think that, you know, like the corporate uh, citizens here or we have in, in Alberta and Canada, I think they should be held more accountable than they are. And I think really that as a taxpayer I pay a lot of money right now to government. And it's not really intended to be feeding people. I think it's intended to make them more productive and, and, and pay the way. So do you have a kind of a general comment on that, thank you.
3: Yeah, I mean, we uh, uh, we have, a, as I mentioned, social responsibility is, is something which is very very important to us at the business school. Um, we had a discussion at our table um, which basically kind of went back to this question about what is the, the, the appropriate role of, uh, of businesses in this particular problem and that, Right now we get a lot of donations from businesses in terms of food, so the major food suppliers are uh, are always showing up with <laughs> all kinds of food. Um, maybe the more appropriate response would be to say, why don't you keep this food and pay your people a little better? <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's a, again, a pretty tough call to have to make at the, at the loading platform. But maybe that's the kind of direction we want, we want to go in. Um,
0: Can um, you go ahead, please? Are you, Are you, Are Jacob? My no, you're yeah. Jacob. Um, so, just to follow on that comment, because we were sitting at the same table and uh, talking about the systemic issues that have culminated in this outcome called food banks, and so we have sort of discussed the government as if it's an entity, and we discussed business as an entity. And I guess I would like to bring it back and make people feel a tad uncomfortable, I hope. Um, behind you is a, is a little sign thing, thing that says well-informed citizens, and I would add well-informed and reflect citizens, and ask you to think about think about that the government is us, businesses are supported by us, a few other things. Recently we've just had the government literally rammed through two bills, Bill 45 and 46, which basically undercuts the whole union movement, um, AUPP in particular, but it's suggestive of the union movement generally in Alberta. And it's unions that have actually, and, and the demise and the undercutting of unions that actually has created a much thinner middle class, so that we have more and more income disparity, and it's driving people to the food banks because that is the definition of poverty. So I'm just asking actually everyone to sort of reflect on their own choices that they make at the polls during election time and the consequences of, of those votes that you cast in terms of the question today, why do we need food banks in an affluent society? There is,
2: there is no answer to that other than to say Yes. We have have, have two more short questions, two short questions.
1: Okay, Uh, my name is Frances Schultz, and thank you for your presentation. Um, I, I really want us to look back at who sets the rules, who sets the minimum wage in Alberta. It's not us, but we still vote in the government that does that and imposes that and puts people in a position of low income. And I think that we really do need to think carefully. Like Leona said, we need to think personally about our actions, which includes how we vote, because those things were changed by governments. The reduction in social assistance was changed by the Alberta government, and it's put people in a very vulnerable position. But cap on age earnings all of these kind of rules that they have put in Affect the income that people on limited incomes have to work
2: with. Have you a question, please? Um,
1: no, I have. <laughs> I just
2: want to make this point. Yeah, we that Is responsible. Thank you. <laughs> Final question this afternoon. Only questions? Sorry.
5: You, I, this I, was I, a short preamble. Can you cut me out before I come and I speak? I will.
6: I'm out uh, I Thank you for your presentation. Recently, I just participated in a rally on, uh, in Ottawa on the Hill for social housing and, and more funding, and we cut it off and it must left. So as long as we have a government in power that keeps cutting social programs, we're going to have more food banks. Thank you for trying to attempt to deal with the symptoms of our poverty, and that's what we have created. Thank you very much. Yeah.
2: Uh, Just before these two folks uh, leave the platform, um, the president of the board uh, tells me that uh, $270 was collected from the tables today. The the board will uh, will add sufficient to make it $300 and divide that among the three agencies I mentioned earlier, the two food banks and the soup kitchen. Thanks for your contribution. And John and Ms. Kelsey. Thank you very much for coming today, for the work you're doing. Obviously, we appreciate that. And thanks for coming in. And safe to season to you all.